1: If you feel lost, He's a way-maker If you need freedom, a savior, He's a prison-shaking Savior If you got chains, He's a chain-breaker We've all for the that's one of my good friends, Zach Williams, who has a new single out. Zach had a, a really strong run in the rock world for many, many years with Zach Williams and the Reformation, kind of a Southern rock, Black Crows type sound, and and ended up running smack into the guy that made him, and amazing story. The guy just lived hard, man, and uh, has, has some new, new projects out with a whole new purpose. Uh, that's a... a new single he's got out on iTunes with a, a label. Uh, he's out of Arkansas and uh, thought you might enjoy hearing him. He's been doing a lot of recording here in Franklin and j- the title of the track is Chainbreaker. so I thought that might I just love his sound, man. I thought, thought I might share that with you. It's, it's worth the download I can tell you that. That song is from his heart. He, he's lived that story for sure. Please hang up and try again. When you hear the word human resources, you think nameless, faceless, corporate people you never really know. It's kind of like Maris, you know. Remember Frazier and the, the sitcom Frasier and, and Niles had a, a wife that you never actually saw, but she had her own personality. She was aloof and disconnected and her name was Maris. That's what people think of when they think of HR, you know, these people that are just out there somewhere. That is not the case when it comes to Lee company. Our human resources group I work with every single day, and I can tell you they are real people. They have parents that get sick, teenagers that don't listen to them sometimes. They have real-life issues, bad days at work. Most importantly, they are your teammates, and they're there for you. And I get to see that on a a, a totally different level. And I thought it would be really neat if we could help and just get a chance to see the people we call human resources at Lee Company, get to see their heart and get to see, most importantly, the heart of their leader, and that's Stuart Raleigh. When Richard Perko told me we were getting a, a new HR leader, the first thing he said, he said, hey, um, I got this guy coming today. I want you to meet him. I, I think we're going to bring him on the team and you're going to really love him. And you know that was so true, Stuart. I mean, I, I, I was like immediately like, man, this 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 fella is legit. Um, there's a lot about Stuart Raleigh that I wanted you to know today, if you're listening, and really kind of some of the story about his life, and and but also too some things about human resources that people don't always know that they assume and, and assume wrongly. So um, we're here with Stuart Raleigh, and uh, I wanted we're going to make this easy, Stuart, out of the gate. So I, I want to. I want to throw you a softball question. Something about your life, or a few things about your life that people would
0: never guess in a million years that, oh my gosh, <laughs> that guy did that. So what would that be? Uh, well, Jason, I'm gonna think. The first one that kind of comes to mind is a food one, and that would be that my, uh, my favorite guilty pleasure snack food are Cheetos, the crunchy Cheetos.
1: For a skinny dude, that doesn't look like you.
0: I eat a ton of them. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, if, I, if I go go there, I eat a lot of them. <laughs> Um, well, once I start, uh, it, 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 there's just the no. The bag reason. is gone. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know what's going to happen?
1: It, like your office now, is going to be Cheetos. They're going to prank you one yeah, day, and no. they're going to fill it unbagged. They're going to dump out Cheetos in, and fill it to the wall. Yeah, this is. Yeah, that was, I
0: realized that. That'd be heaven for you, actually. That would be that a would prank. Be. That'd be heaven. I wouldn't get any work done, but I'd <laughs> certainly be really happy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, another thing that people might not realize about me is that um, I actually studied culinary arts at a French uh, French culinary school. Now, see, now, see I, I didn't even know that about you. Mm-hmm. That is re-
1: Now, what got you into food?
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I, I years ago when I first started working, I worked for a company called Marriott. Uh, oh, yeah. Big hotel now, I knew company that. Yeah. There, and uh, I kind of, I was on the hotel side, but... Um, had a real uh, bent towards the food side, and then eventually uh, later on in life, I ended up owning my own catering company. And so, no way, uh, how so old were you when you owned a catering company? Uh, 40. I think we bought it at, when I was 46. So it's not been so, that long ago, 10 years ago.
1: No kidding, yeah. So, like, straight up, if if I want some crepes, I mean, I know where to go. Bring it on. I mean, come on, son. Come on. (laughs) Somewhere in your backlog
0: there is some volleyball experience. Oh, (laughs) you didn't need to bring that up. (laughs) I played uh, played volleyball in college. At James Madison? At James Madison. Yeah. Now, where did you grow up, Stuart? What what was home for you? Home for me was Richmond, Virginia. And so I stayed there, and then after I went to James Madison, graduated, and then moved to the Washington, D.C. area and lived there for 30 years until I actually relocated down here to, to Nashville, to Franklin. Yeah. When you were in, how long were you in Annapolis? Uh, 20 years.
1: 20 years in Annapolis, mm-hmm. wow. Um, it was interesting, I remember when you first moved here after about a month, I said, hey, what, what's the difference so far? You said, oh, the pace of life is so great. And I was like, oh my gosh. Because <laughs> the pace of life here for me is like, it is just full throttle. I can't imagine what that would be like. If, if you think Franklin's better, it
0: just it blows my mind. Franklin's way better. And even, even traffic. I mean, I know traffic around here coming in the evenings and the mornings, I know, are, is hard. But at least it moves. In mm. the D.C. area, it doesn't move. You just sit and you wait. And it's terrible. Oh, man, do you miss anything about D.C. area? Um, you know, not really. I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's everything that was in Washington, the area, is down here. You know, between restaurants, between great places to stay between amazing entertainment. Um, the only thing that I think that I probably miss is there's obviously being the nation's capital there, all the monuments and the... Um, Stuff on the all periphery. All you can do that you can go to for free yeah. and you just go and, and can enjoy it. And it's, it's I mean, it's stunning when you see it, so. Yeah. You owned your own human resources company, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, if I remember that conversation, you said, we, we kind of did, tell me if I'm wrong, but it was kind of a la carte. A company could come to you. You had many clients, and they could come to you all the way full tilt. You could get all the hiring, firing, benefits, payroll, all these things, or you could just kind of piecemeal whatever your small company needs, which I've noticed a lot of small companies are doing that because they don't have the, the, the capital or the, or the revenue to hire a full-time HR person,
0: so you kind of filled that gap, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. We uh, our company was called a professional employer organization, and and <clears throat> what we did is we provided, um, as you said, the a la carte option for human resources for many companies. And and the way that we did that is we primarily did the basic was we did payroll for everybody, and then we added on benefits that we could add on, um, HR consulting. Uh, we provided handbooks and those kind of things. But but really, we we worked with each of our clients and kind of customize what we would provide for them and how we would do that for them but really became kind of that as you said because they were weren't large enough to where they could afford an HR staff but needed the resources just because of the the liability that's out there from a labor labor law perspective yeah. um, they needed somebody there to help them and so we sure. were there to help them yeah and and I think that's why
1: you know you're so good at what you do because you've owned a payroll you didn't you don't you don't you didn't just Work in HR, you know, which is a hard enough job as it is. Anybody that's done that, anybody in human resources is special to my heart because I know what they deal with. (laughs) But also, you you know what it means. You understand revenue streams. You understand Mm -hmm. having to really fight for your dollar, and that just is a huge thing. And, um, you know, one thing you guys may not know about me as a chaplain, I I have to work with human resources all the time, And, and it's tricky for me because I have to protect our employees' uh, confidentiality to the nines. And Stuart, by the way, for those of you listening, is phenomenal with, you know, in fact, I'll even back up and say it different. Billy, Richard Perko, every single one of our execs, HR, I have not once, I mean not one time in my time here ever felt like they were even slightly digging to find out who the person was they don't want to know they want our employees to have that freedom to, to go to HR or go to me mm-hmm. and Stewart is great at that and so are the execs so it's just a it's a neat thing to see when they really do care mm-hmm. you know working with you Stewart has been it has been the peace of mind you've given me is staggering because I cuz I always know you're going to know you know I sometimes and this is no kidding y'all I'll have to go to HR and say okay I've got a person and I have to paint the most general picture in the world, and and it's it's very limited information. And I get I get permission from the employee first, you know, and they say, okay, you can go ask. And when I, when the per employee gives me permission, then I'll go. But you always know the law. You always know the the best route because you've seen it so much, and that's been massive for me. I mean, crazy.
0: Well, great, gracious of you to say so. Um, the one of the things that's most important about our role in HR, I believe, is that um, we have to we have to maintain that trust. We have to maintain that confidentiality because there's so much of our employees' lives and so much of that information that we have access to and the opportunity to see that. If we if I don't have people that work on my team and I have amazing people that work on my team, um, if they don't, if I can't trust them with that information, if if we can't be be ones that that our employees can trust and believe that we're going to handle everything that they tell us with the utmost confidence. Then we're shot. We have right. we have nothing. We have nothing to stand on. So if yeah. we don't have that foundation, we're we're done. And so, uh, you know, even the role that you play, Jason. I mean, I've never I've never had the opportunity to be in a company that had a chaplain. And so, it what a what an amazing resource that you are that you represent to Lee Company because there's oftentimes where an employee doesn't know, just doesn't know where to go, and doesn't really know how to start the process, and mm-hmm. you're a great buffer between that employee and, and our team um, until they're ready to, to make a step or to make a move, and so you mm-hmm. can watch them through that and help them in that, and that's that's remarkable in, in mm-hmm. my eyes, and, and you're a great asset to both Lee company as well as to our team.
1: One thing I began to notice is people come to me um, because they don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I, I was laughing to Richard one time, I said, in Bill, I said, if I ever had to describe it and put my job description on paper, I don't even know where I would start, and I think it'd be 40 pages. And be, because, <laughs> because it, it's always evolving. I cannot tell you mm-hmm. how many times I have to pull away, sit in my truck, or stand off in the hallway and think, okay, I have to make up a plan, you know, blank slate for mm-hmm. a person because everything's different. And while we're on this subject, Of the company and people coming to you. One of the things I asked Stuart to to talk about today, I said, hey, if if you wish, if you could have all the company people standing in front of you for four minutes and, and you could say anything to them, what myths would you bust? What things would you reveal about helping them so you can help them. What if you had that opportunity? What would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, so while we're talking about, how, because you guys do stand in a weird place. You're kind of between the employee and between the company. I mean, mm-hmm. it's this, it's this buffer zone, right? Right. And and
0: so, let's talk about that. What do you think? It's a. Uh, it, it's an interesting. Uh, oftentimes when. HR gets called into a situation. It's almost like getting called into the principal's office. Yeah, sure. It's like oh when no. We walk up, it's HR's like, calling. Oh man, HR's back <laughs> There's here. There's that yet. Raleigh dude. <laughs> and and the 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 amazing part about it is that it is that's so little hmm. of the amount of time that we spend on doing doing our job. Yeah, disciplinary I mean, work. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's that progressive discipline or or even just um, how do we how do we Handle certain situations. Yeah, we spend so we don't spend that much time. So that it. actually, you just don't spend a lot of time doing no, that. No, because most of it, I mean, we certainly have to do it from time to time. Because ultimately, our responsibility from an HR standpoint, if you kind of kind of put an umbrella on it, um, would be one is that we are the keepers of creating a place where our employees can thrive. I mean, and that's we provide resources and tools that allow our employees to be able to do that. Um, And that includes counseling, that includes a lot of different pieces. It's all encompassing. A lot of benefits. But the other part of our responsibility is that we also have, not a fiduciary responsibility, but we have a responsibility because we are the ones that maintain uh, the connection to what labor laws require. And Mm. so we do have a certain bit of a compliance aspect Mm. to what we do just to make sure that policies, procedures, things that we do comply with what the the government says. Yeah, that are fair to the people. Absolutely. That's a lot of reporting. That's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody ever sees. Um, But that's not a lot of our time. Really, our focus from a benefit side, from a safety side, from a training and education side, um, those all become employee relations work. Those all become the things that we focus on because we're trying to develop resources that allow our employees to be able to continue to both be engaged in the company and add value, but then also for themselves be able to add value. Mm -hmm. And so we want to give them a career path. We want to give them the resources and tools that they can use to develop themselves. We don't want to be a stumbling block in their advancement. We want to be that resource that gives them the tools and is almost like the coach on the sideline. A place to go. Go for it. You can do it. Here's something you can go do. Here's something I believe you can do. And to work with their supervisors, work with their managers, to make sure that they've got a vision of where they want to go. Because there's an old saying, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. That's right. And so what we want to do is we want to be a part of that process, that interactive process that happens with the supervisors, their managers, um, so that they have a target for where they're trying to go and then where we can provide resources and support in that that's what we want to do, and that yeah. means everything from safety, uh, particularly for safety, because like Mandy will say, and, and Bill will say a hundred times, and Richard, it's like, we want you to go home the same way you came to work, and mm-hmm. so without that vigilance to stay on top of that and to stay abreast of what's going on, both from an industry standpoint, but also from a job site standpoint, and just keeping everybody aware, that's those are the key things that, that that's what our team really wants to focus on. One of the I guess you'd say it,
1: if you open your eyes. From from my perspective, people will often. It's funny dealing with employees. It's so easy for me to go to HR because I work with you guys on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I I feel that it's how these guys are my partners to helping the person because I know your heart. Mm-hmm. A sheet metal worker, an accountant, somebody that's working in a Mount Juliet office. They obviously don't get to enjoy that closeness. So there's many, many times I'll be standing in front of an employee on a job site or um, wherever and I'll say, okay, well, look, I want you to consider, like, why, why don't we go to HR? And, oh, no. I'm like, I'm Well, why, why, would you, why would you not do that? Well, and, and what I found is that they're, they're, I compare it to a radar. They're often thinking, well, if, if I'm hurting, if I have an addiction, if I have a, a bad enough marriage problem to, that I need some time off, or if I have a problem with maybe even a direct report, now it's on the radar, and now they've got to deal with it, and those kind of things. Well, and I'm like, no, look, don't don't be afraid. Like you mentioned, the principal's office. It, no, you know, they're, they're that they're just it's a toolbox, and and if you got a leaky pipe, they got a wrench. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to use the wrench? You know, instead of just holding it with your hand, hoping it right. doesn't leak anymore. You know, right? Why do you think that's there? I mean, why? Because you, you mentioned you use the principal's of office metaphor. What? Because that's not just that's not
0: leak. That's everywhere. That's everywhere. That's that's every company that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that's there? I think the perception of HR has always been that because you, a lot of times people would go to HR and they would be told no, and mm-hmm. so there's. That all they are, are the gatekeepers. They're the compliance people. They're like, hey, this is the law. This is the rule. You can't break the rule. And really what our job is, is yes, there are definitely boundaries that we have. And there's there are policies that we've set as a company that we have to conform to, that we've got to stay within. And But those policies are not ones that are there to inhibit, but they're ones to protect. And so what we want to do as a company is that we've obviously got to protect our resources. I mean, every employee has the responsibility to protect the resources that they've been entrusted with. And so all of those things work toward ultimately our good, and our good is that we continue to be profitable as a company, but that really the whole idea is not so much to make money, but to ensure that the company continues to keep going. Right. So that we can provide jobs and opportunities that not only affect our employees, but affect our employees' families. Sure, Because we want to create as a company, I mean, and and there's no guarantee of anything in this life, but to the degree to which we can work on it, we want to create a company and an opportunity for our employees that they can provide for themselves, they can provide for their families, and if we run it well, then it will continue to grow, and it will continue to provide even more opportunities for people in our community. And Stuart, you know, I can
1: testify to all of you, Lee company in our tribe that's listening He really means that. I I can't tell you how many times behind closed doors I've seen Stuart Raleigh's heart break, Shelly Lambing's heart break, Lauren's heart go, oh my gosh, Lana, Mandy, all of them. When somebody hits a wall or something happens, I mean, these, you know, that's your teammates that are hurting, you know, and Mm -hmm. it matters to y'all a lot. Mm -hmm. And I can say I've never seen HR so healthy. You know, you, you guys are, you do, you know, function. You got, well, at least from where I stand, and, and it's been neat to watch. So, last last question that I'm going to ask you: You owned your own company. Mm-hmm. You, Virginia, the D.C. area was home to you. Um, you had life friends, networked, um, lots of ministry projects that you know you involved in ministry efforts up there. And mm-hmm. so, why Lee Company? Why mm-hmm. why uproot your oak tree? and put that sucker on a truck and haul it and replant it down here? Great
0: question. Um, I would say it's primarily two reasons. One is that we, when I came down and began to interview with Lee Company, with Roy Osborne at the time, and then met the rest of the senior management team, and, and in the time that I spent, I realized that this company was different, that they actually believed what they said, when they talked about creating a place where their employees could thrive, that they really wanted this company um, to, be, um, to be honoring to God. And I saw it in, in each person that I met with and it was refreshing to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But then secondarily, not only did I believe and all of the management actually believe what they said But then also we had an opportunity to we had friends here in in the Franklin area that we've been friends with for a long time. Like my wife grew up with one of the one of our friends here in town.
1: Okay, cool. And
0: that always helps when mama has somewhere to go. Absolutely. (laughs) And so, you know, when we had the chance to to kind of just feel like this was this was a new step, this was a door that the Lord had opened for us and that we felt like, man, this was not sure exactly where it's going to go what it's going to look Mm -hmm. like but it was just the right next step and and both my wife suzanne and i had that same sense that sometimes you just know this was the right step this was the right move to make and so it certainly helped that i felt like the company believed in what it said and it was actually going to live by what they said Mm -hmm. Um, and i've seen it to be true in the two years that i've been here Mm -hmm. Um, and then the fact that we already had relationships down here that we could kind of plug into but then more so just feeling a sense under all of it that this was the timing and this is what the Lord wanted for us. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal to uproot your life. I no mean, doubt it about is it. a big deal. Yeah, I mean, right. we've, been, we've lived in the D.C., that area for 30 years, and we've got yeah. friends that we've known since college that we yeah. lived with, and so... But the great part about it is that those friends are always friends. It doesn't make any difference whether you're here or there. They're mm-hmm. always friends. And, and, it, and no doubt, like, the world is smaller now. Mm-hmm. I mean...
1: I would listen to my granddad talk about going to Germany and fight in World War II, and going across, my grandfather went across Normandy Beach, and, mm. and, and it just sounded like Venus and Mars and Saturn. It sounded like this, and, and you know what, to an a, a 18-year-old boy that had never been out of the county Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sparta or Dole, Tennessee that winds up in Germany. I mean, it was Venus, Mars, and Saturn all rolled sure. into one. But now it's like, oh, I'm going to China next week. I'll be back. Let's get lunch. I mean, it's, it's, really, no, it's really no big
0: deal. You right. know, the world is smaller for and sure. And it is. And even, I mean, and what's not to love about coming to Nashville and Franklin? Yeah. I mean, holy cow. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. What a beautiful place. Yeah. And the other thing that happens that is, goes really well is that we, out of Nashville, we can fly directly. We have children that live in Austin, Texas, so mm-hmm. we can fly directly there, and we have children that still live in Washington, and so we can fly directly there, so yeah. it doesn't hurt that um, Southwest flies to all the places that we need <laughs> that to go. we need to go, that's right. <laughs>
1: well, well, you guys, uh, I I wanna challenge all of you listening to something, and I'm serious. I mean, I, I'm not being empty with my words. I wanna challenge you. If, if to go, one of the biggest misconceptions, Stuart, I want to challenge people to go and, and sit down and meet you, go to lunch, do whatever they can to get around you guys. Because one of the biggest misconceptions I think the average person has with leadership is that a lot of them are unapproachable. Now, I don't mean, now I'm, I'm, I'm transcending that above Lee Company and beyond it. People have worked in corporations where you, you just could not go. Mm-hmm. And, and walk into an executive's office to say, hey, I just want you to teach me about something, or go, or go to the, your direct report or your direct report's report and say, educate me on how to be better at this. One of the things I've learned about great leaders is they love to share their knowledge, and they love to share where the potholes were. That's what they... they, they, they That's right. I was just talking to some interns. We have our new summer interns, and I said, I'm telling every single one of you Knock on the door of any executive you want and, and say, can I go to lunch with you? And tell me, just tell me what you know. I did that as a college kid. And I, and I found that, I mean, the president of the bank where I worked was like, sure, man. In, because I, my motive wasn't to get a job or my motive wasn't to, you know, rat on somebody. I literally wanted to know what he knew. And, and I found that great leaders are like, here's every pothole I hit, and I want you to miss it. I want you to be able to drive around it, you know. And, and so I want you guys to, to feel the freedom. I'm telling you, uh, you know what, HR doesn't always get it right. They don't because I don't always get it right, and Bill Lee doesn't always get it right. We don't always know the exact thing to do, but I can tell you the heart is good. And, and so I just want you guys to go and, and meet them and know them because Stuart Raleigh is right. They are your... They're your teammates, and you guys have done well with that, story. You really have. Right. So I, I appreciate you. I get to see Thank how you. what you guys do, in the and I get to see how it rolls over into the field. And uh, it's neat to watch. So thanks for taking some time out to do this today. It means a lot to me. Thank you. When I created the Thrive Podcast, it was specifically to help us stay connected. As the size of our footprint got larger, it was important to me that... We get to see different aspects. I get to see all sides of our company. Most people don't. And we have amazing people in FM Square, the construction, and the alarm security group, all the way from accounting to home services who work in support in the call center. I wanted you to see the different hearts of people and and to help everyone along the way. And the greatest way you can be a part of that is to share the link to this podcast. You can go to SoundCloud.com, type in the word Lee Company, lowercase, all one word. It'll pull up every segment we've ever had. I'm Jason Cruz, the Lee Company chaplain. Thanks for listening to Thrive.